Aptus, episode 119. Think before you act. Have you ever acted before thinking and totally regretted the consequences? I'm sure the answer is yes for every single one of us. In my case, I have a tendency to speak without thinking first. And poor Charity has been on the receiving end of that stupidity more times than I can remember. One particular story she likes to tell is when we first got married, we were probably three to four months into the marriage. We both come home from work one day and Charity has had a terrible day. She's crying, mascara's running, hair's a mess, you know, all the stuff. And the, the problem was we were supposed to take the youth kids that night to a concert in Alva. And so she looks at me, she's like, I cannot go tonight, I'm a mess. Now a good husband would have recognized the situation he is in. He would have thought and he would have said something to the effect of, honey, you look great. Instead, Austin spoke without thinking and he said, oh, Charity, don't worry about it. It's dark up there. Nobody's going to see you anyways. And obviously, I got the look. What happened? I spoke without thinking about the gravity of my words. And the truth is, most of us have a tendency to act without thinking. Now, we've all heard the axiom before, think before you act. Think before you act. And I think when we hear that axiom, we start to associate that principle with thinking about the specifics and the consequences of the actions that we're about to take. So for example, before I speed, I need to think about the consequences of getting a ticket. And then I need to determine if I still want to speed or not. But I think that axiom can go a little bit deeper than that. What if I told you we need to take that axiom a step further? What if I told you that how you are thinking, your worldview, your mindset, is determining the results that you're getting in life, in work, and in ministry. Let me tell you what I mean by this. The Bible has a lot to say about how we act, well, how we think. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9 is a very common passage of Scripture, and in fact, it's so common that it's easy just to gloss over it. But I want to read it to you, and I want you to actually hear the words, and I want you to think about the order in which the apostle is writing to us. He says this, quote, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Very common passage. We can miss the point. Look at the order. We are commanded to think before we act. Paul tells us to think, and then we're to practice. Now, what's interesting about this is he's not telling us about specifics. Rather, he has really given us a blueprint for a Christ-honoring mindset. We are to get our minds right, and then our actions are going to be in order of our thinking. If we get our minds right, and our minds are thinking the right worldview, Christ-honoring thoughts, then the chances are that our actions are also going to be Christ-honoring. As believers, we just need to be real with ourselves. We need to have a holy mindset, a separate mindset from the world, a Christ-honoring mindset. As believers, our mindsets have to be different from those in the world. And when those mindsets are different, then we're going to get different results from the world. And this is evident to anybody who's ever watched anybody with the right mindset. Their, their results are just different. Their results are different. Now, I was reading a book that kind of inspired this talk from a man by the name of Weldon Long, and this book is talking about the prosperity mindset. And honestly, I would have never book, purchased the book. I would have never read the book. The title is a turnoff to me. 
However, a person I highly respected gave the book to me, and he's a lot smarter than I am. And he said it was one of the best books he's read in, you know, six months or so. And I thought, okay, I'm going to crack it open. I'm going to read it. Weldon's an interesting guy. He was in prison for 20 years for crimes that he had committed as a young man. He has seven years left uh, in his prison sentence, and his dad, whom he looks up to, passes away. And in this moment, he, he just has a realization about himself. He, he is not living the life that he wants to live. You know, he realized that he wanted to go in a different direction when he got out of prison. He, he wanted to abandon his life of crime. He wanted to be successful in business. He wanted to have a home. He wanted to have a family. And so Weldon decides right there with seven years left in his sentence that he's going to start bettering himself, and he starts to read books in prison. And one of the things that he reads while he's there is a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he said this, quote, We become what we think about all day long. When, when Weldon Long read that quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, it changed his life. That one quote started him down this journey where he said, I'm going to start thinking different about myself. Because if I'm going to become what I think about, then I need to determine who I want to be and I need to start thinking in that direction. And so he's, he wrote down on his mirror, I am a good father. I am a good husband. I am successful in business. I own a home. I mean, he just put down everything that he wanted to be on his mirror, and every day he started thinking that way. Now, that sounds a little bit hokey, except today, Weldon, who was in prison for 20 years, got a late start in life. He's a multimillionaire. He was successful in business, and now he's a motivational speaker. And I think that shows the power of life mindsets. Now, Weldon starts to kind of break this down for us a little bit. He starts to talk about why our thinking determines our results. Why our thinking determines our results. You see, I think a lot of us think that our actions produce our results. But Weldon makes a case that really our thinking determines our results. And, and he makes the, the point in this. He, he, he says, look, he said, if it was simply actions, he said, we, we know what we need to do. He said, most of us know what we need to do to be successful in any area of our life. Like if you, if you sit down with somebody and said, hey, what does it take to have a successful marriage? Well, they're going to start telling you things like, well, you need to love each other. You need to honor each other. You need to have good communication, go on constant dates, put each other first. Like we know how to have good marriages. Why do people not have good marriages? Like, what do I need to do to be successful in my profession? Well, if you're in sales, you know, you got to treat the customer right. You got to make your calls. You know, you need to make sure to, you know, place the product the right way. I mean, the simple things, everybody knows they need to do it. So why do a lot of people fail in professions? We know what we need to do to be good parents. Right? We, need, we need to love our kids. We need to spend time with our kids. We need to put our cell phones away. We need to be attentive to them. We need to treat, teach them Christ-honoring values. We need to discipline them. Right. We know what we need to do. So why do so many people struggle being good parents? You know, so it's not a knowledge issue that's keeping us from achieving our goals. I mean, the truth of how to succeed is at our fingertips, particularly in today's world with the information age. So why are so many people failing to reach their dreams? Well, the answer is obvious. While they know what to do, they're not consistently doing the things that they need to do. And most of these things are small things, by the way. They're not consistently doing the small things every single day to be successful. Let's go back to marriage. Like I know I need to love my wife and put her needs before my own the way Christ loves the church. I know I need to take her on dates. I know that I need to you know, learn her love language and speak that love language. I mean, none of these things are hard, but I haven't done them in six months. And now I'm wondering why my marriage is struggling. You know, I know what I need to do to be successful in my job. 
you know, for like a pastor personally, uh, you know, you need to carve out time for study and prayer. You need to carve out time to shepherd the people. But if we're not doing those things consistently, then we're going to fail. So this is not a knowing issue. This is a doing issue. But that seems counterproductive to what Weldon is saying, because he's saying our thinking determines our results. So if that's the case, then why are we failing? Here's the answer. Most people fail to be consistent in the small things because they're trying to change their actions before they change their mindset. That's the critical piece. We know what we need to do, but our mindsets are not conducive to get us to do what we need to do. That's why we're failing. That's why we're not getting where we want to go. So, Weldon goes on to continue to make his point. He says, our results will always mimic our thinking. So, we have to get our mindsets right. Now, when I first read that, I initially pushed back a little bit, you know, because I'm still of the school of thought. Thinking doesn't change results. Action change results. You can't just sit around thinking all day and, you know, about better results and expect better results. You actually have to do something. But as I continue to dig deeper into this book, the writer makes a valid point. And here's his point. Thinking will always produce an emotion. When I start thinking about certain things or thinking a certain way, there are always going to be emotions that are attached to my mindsets. And those emotions, if I want to admit it or not, are going to influence my actions. And our actions will always determine our results. Thinking produces emotions. Emotions influence actions. And actions determine results. And if you think about every situation in your life, you see that that pattern is 100% true. Thinking produces emotion. You cannot help it. When I think about guns, I'm happy. When I think about taxes, I get frustrated. That's just the bottom line. When our em- with our emotions, if we want to admit it or not, they are always going to affect our actions. Think about the last argument you had with your spouse. And our actions will always dictate our results. So when the writer laid that out like that in a manner, it just made perfect sense to me. And we've seen this chain reaction play out in our entire life. So let's think about this in the realm of ministry for just a moment. If I believe that no one wants to show up to serve in my ministry then I'm going to be irritable towards the people in my church because I'm going to feel like I'm carrying the entire weight and that no one wants to help me. And so I'm just going to naturally be irritable towards people if I want to be or not because I'm not thinking good about them. I'm, I'm irritated with them. And if I'm irritable towards people, then my actions toward them are always going to have a little little edge to it. I might try to hide it. I might try to cover it up. But I'm not going to be bringing the enthusiasm that I need to recruit people. I'm not going to be treating people to 100% of my potential of doing well. And people are going to notice. On the other hand, if I believe that our ministry is making a difference and I believe that people will want to serve because seeing lives change never gets old, then I'm going to approach people with enthusiasm and the ministry will be on fire and people will want to serve. Why? Because they see it inside of us. The bottom line is no one is good at falsely manufacturing emotions. We will never be able to fake emotions consistently that are going to be contradictory to our thinking. Our true colors will come to the surface and they will affect our actions. Same thing in our marriages and our homes. When I think favorable thoughts about my spouse, then chances are that my marriage is going to be better. But when I think disparaging thoughts towards my spouse, then chances are that my marriage is going to be lacking the love and affection that it needs. 
So we see in both these examples that thinking will always produce an emotion. Emotions always influence our actions and our actions always determine our results. There is no way to escape this reality. So the bottom line is how I'm thinking today is going to produce the results I get tomorrow. You will become what you think about all day long. Here's another illustration. What's inside of your mental box? What's inside of your mental box? Here's an illustration that Weldon talks about that I thought was just, just beautiful. I'm going to make my own adaptation of it. But I loved Legos as a kid. I had lots of Lego sets. I loved building Legos as a little kid. And one year for Christmas, my parents bought me the entire Wild West-themed Lego set. It was awesome. It had a fort, had a bank, had a general store, and so on. I loved it. It was one of the best Christmases I ever had. Now, inside these individual boxes, there were just 100,000 parts, and there was instructions of how to assemble those parts. To assemble the set, I had to pull out the instructions, and I had to start opening the bag of pieces, and I had to organize them. And then I had to start connecting piece by piece together and started to add the other little pieces and, and, and this started to slowly assemble and build what was on the box. Now imagine, if you will, on Christmas morning, I go to sit down and to make this fort. And so I slowly pull the pieces out and I assemble them together according to the instructions. Do you think that when I was done and put the last piece together, that somehow I would magically have a pan of brownies sitting in front of me when I was done. No, that's absurd. That's stupid. There is zero chance that I put all the, all the Legos together and then suddenly end up with some baked goods. Why? Because I'm not working with baked goods. I'm working with logos. Excuse me, Legos. And you're, that's exactly how this stuff works in our own life. Your mind is like that box. And when you start putting negative thinking in your box, poor planning in your box, condescending attitudes in your box, and you start pulling those pieces out and start to assemble them together, what makes you think that you're going to magically make your dreams? You won't. Why? Because the pieces that you put in your box are negative, they're bad, they're condescending, and they're not going to assemble your dream. You have to create mindsets that are going to help you thrive. So whatever is in your heart is like the box, of pe- the, the box with all the pieces in it. And as you start pulling those things out, you're going to assemble something. We have watched this play out over and over and over again every single day in our life. So we have to be on guard with our worldviews and our mindsets. So let's go back to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Did you catch those words? That's the Christ-honoring mindset. I think about truth. I don't, I don't think in assumptions. So if it's not true, then it's not a thought that's going to run through my mind. I don't let speculation and assumptions control my mind. I only hold on to facts that I can prove. Honor. Like, I don't think about shameful thoughts. I don't think about shameful thoughts of others. I don't think about shameful thoughts for myself. I think honorable thoughts about myself. I think honorable thoughts about the people in my life. Justice. I think about things that are just and right. I don't think in depravity. I don't think evil, immoral thoughts. I think just thoughts, right thoughts before God. Purity. I don't think about immoral things. 
I don't think about sick and twisted and dark things. I think about pure things, the right things, loveliness. When I, when I think about other people, it should bring joy to my heart. The thoughts I think about myself should bring joy to my heart. When, when I think about others and it's producing anger or frustration, I'm having the wrong thoughts. I have the wrong worldview. Commendability. I, I, I think commending thoughts about other people and myself. I, I don't think about disgraceful thoughts. I don't, I don't think disparaging thoughts. I think good thoughts. Excellence. I, I want to do things right. I don't, I don't want to take shortcuts. I, I want to think about things the right way. Things that invoke praise in my life. I, I don't want to think about things that cause me worry and anxiety. I want to think about things that cause me to want to worship the Lord for what he has done in my life. Now, I want you to think about if, if our mindset is wrapped in truth and honor and justice and purity and loveliness and commendability and excellence and things that invoke praise, you don't think that your actions are going to be different? This is why the Apostle Paul tells us to think and then to practice. When I think those thoughts, it's going to produce God-honoring emotions in my life, emotions that will lead to God-honoring actions and create god honoring results. I'm putting the right Lego pieces in my box. I'm putting the right things in my life at that point. Now, if I was to be honest and I went through that list of thoughts that I had every single day, not every one of them is going to measure up to that standard. I, I, I fail at that. And I'm sure a lot of us do. Every thought that fails up to met to, to measure up to that standard is sabotaging my life. It's sabotaging my calling and it's sabotaging my family. So let me ask you some questions. How do you really think about yourself? What are the thoughts that you're going through your mind about yourself? You're creating the image of God. God put you here for a reason. He has a plan and purpose for your life. It is not honoring to Christ to think disparaging thoughts about yourself. Maybe there's some things you want to change, but you're not going to change those things in your life with disparaging thoughts. You're going to change those things in your life with positive, right, praiseworthy thoughts. How do you really think and view yourself? How do you think about your life? What are the thoughts that dominate your mind about your spouse, your kids, your home? Are you consistently looking at the negativity in your life? Are, are you saying things like, well, we're poor, we're never going to get ahead, we're doomed to failure? Or are you saying things like, we have a healthy marriage. Man, I have the best wife and kids in the world. The Lord's been faithful to me. He's been kind to me. There's a difference. I promise you, life is going to be better when you're thinking the right way. How do you think about your calling? Do you feel privileged that the Lord called you? Do you feel privileged the Lord has asked you? Do you see the Lord has called you and he will equip you? Like these things matter. Ultimately, our thoughts are going to determine our, our results. And that's terrifying to me because I know that I have failed to live up to that time and time again. And I, I'm sure we've all been there. But the beauty of this conversation is this. If my thoughts have been out of order, it's something I can start doing today. I can start planting seeds in my life that are going to bring different results tomorrow. I might not see those results today. I might not see them in the next 12 hours. But I promise you, if I start thinking in a Christ-honoring way and I put those things into practice, I will see different results. At the end of the day, we need to think before we act. And we need to determine what kind of life we want to have and who we want to be. And we need to start having those thoughts. God bless you. Catch you next week.